Clitus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> And welcome to episode 39 of the Hell Ming Power Hour, where your hosts are fake. Everything we're saying is fake. My partner that's here, Danny Bennett, he's fake. What's up, fake fake man? Hey, I'm not real. Fake McFady pants? That's what they called me in high school. I said that I didn't go. I said it didn't exist back then. Fake McFakey pants. There you go. Fake, yeah, that was my, my nickname. <laughs> I don't know how I got that name. They used to call you Kooky Pants, didn't they? Kooky Pants, man. Yeah. Kooky Pants. That's right. So if you guys listened to the last episode, you got to hear some of the great work by DJ Kooky Pants. And uh, I'm sure he's going to pop in from time to time on this show. So uh, be listening for that for sure. He is a friend of the show, for sure. Right. And being that he's from Ralph Mouth Records, one of our sponsors of the show, we have to talk about our new sponsors we got for the show, man. And, and the first one I got is pretty exciting because it's it's somebody we all know and love. And it's it's uh, Mike Tyson's Inflatables, where their motto is, We do it for the children. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we just picked up, uh, this is an exciting new sponsor, we just picked up General Torrance Jones. Porta potties for those who have a strong sense of duty. <laughs> All right, strong sense of duty. <laughs> oh, speaking of not duty, we're going to talk about an awesome movie from 1985 called Gotcha. Now, I remember this coming on TV quite a bit back in the day. It's a fun flick. You got Anthony Edwards in there. Buff, is this? Before or after he was a nerd? It's before he's a nerd, right? Well, 1985 would have been the same year, Same time, it? right? So he was, 1985 was, was also Revenge of the Nerds. So he was going to try to be a legit actor and kind of be the suave guy or whatever, and then he, you know, he was in Revenge of the Nerds, and that kind of changed it all. It, it does. I, I think that um, I've seen that his recollection of, of how Revenge of the Nerds changed his career trajectory was, was not something that made him particularly happy. Right. But, you know, what are you going to do? That's right. Then you end up on ER years later, and it's all okay. Yeah. I like how they just wrote him out of Revenge of the Nerds, too. Well, he just sent a letter. Here's a, le- here's a letter from him. Hey, guys. How's it going? I hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, uh, he's like Chevy Chase in... Uh, in, in Spies like us he comes in. I uh, had to attend a funeral. Broke my arm. <laughs> I had to attend the. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm late. I attended the reading of a will. Uh, sat there. The, I received. <laughs> I sat there the whole time, and uh, I got nothing. Then he goes, broke my arm. <laughs> we got to do spies like us, man. I love that. Oh, spies movie. like us is a great movie. Yeah. All right, coming soon, folks. We're doing today. Yeah. 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 Coming soon. Although folks. there are spies. There are spies. Speaking of spies, right? We got uh, you got tons of them in here, apparently. So see, so what we what we did was we segued out of yeah. the movie we we're talking about into a new movie, and then we segued back because we are so smart. It, it, it's from all those years at the chicken. <laughs> the time chicken. He can jump from from time to time. See, and we we can do that too. Just like Sandy Lopper. After time. Right. We actually stole uh, the Time Chicken from the old radio station where we used to work, WCKN. And right. they weren't using it. No. They didn't know what to do with it. So, so anyways, folks, <laughs> somehow we're not on track. 
But we will be. <laughs> We're going to jump right out of here. We'll be right back with Gotcha here in just a few seconds, folks. The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by The Glaive. Do not use it until you need it. You will know when. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! And we're back. Yeah, and we're back. So, yeah, man. 1985, gotcha. And like I said earlier, I remember seeing this one a lot on TV. It came on HBO a lot. It's, uh... It's kind of a weird mix of stuff, man, because it's a spy espionage kind of thing, but it's more about the it is aimed at the the teenage crowd. It's just a really odd thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of got uh, it's kind of got elements of humor in it, but it isn't really a comedy, and uh, it's got it's got the whole kill your killer game, you know, with the the paint pellets, right? Yeah, um, and that's kind of the that's kind of the thing that sets the movie apart. You know, it, it's not that that hadn't been done or hasn't been done since, but it, it was an element of the spy movie that kind of made it accessible. Right. Yeah. And kind of the start of all that too, because I remember there was several movies after this that kind of came out that kind of tried to do the same thing. Young, innocent guy gets mixed up with the wrong people. And next thing you know, they're a, a top spy or something to that degree, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, Anthony Edwards, you know, being the the top spy in this, I mean, or being the innocent, you know, kid that ends up caught up in all this and and, and coming out on top, I think it was a pretty good choice. I, I've always yeah. liked Anthony Edwards, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and and we'll talk more about him as we go along because there's still a lot to talk about in this movie. It, it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. So you guys just, uh, I tell you what, go ahead and strap yourselves down because it's time to jump oh, into the time okay, machine here we go. and go back to 1985. Here we go. Hey, do we have to go back to 1985? Yes. Okay. It's the only way. Time shaking looks tired. Yeah. He's pumping away. Ah. 1985. Wow. Jean jackets. Looks, yeah, buttons on the jean jackets. Flyway hair. Absolutely. Duran Duran in the background there. Look at that. Yeah. They're even playing here. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. So this is going to be awesome. And, of course, in order for us to even talk about this movie, we got to do it the right way, the hell mean way. And that is to have a synopsis read. And he's been out for a little bit, but he's back. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the one and only Randy Macho Man Savage. Gotcha is a movie about that kid from Revenge of the Nerds. He goes to Germany looking for the very first factory to make the legendary Slim Jim. When the commies track him down, there's only one thing to do. Snap into one to stop communism. It's a race against time, brother. And nobody knows who's gonna win. All right, thank you, Randy. And that guy never, never fails to impress. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> he's, I'm not sure he watched the same movie we did, though. He's he's amped up, man, all the time, all the time. It's all about yeah. the Slim Jims, man. He's amped up on something. <laughs> Slim Jims and cocaine. <laughs> all right, man. So let's get this thing rolling. Danny, why do we watch Gotcha? Man, you know, I've got a lot of reasons, but I'm just going to go ahead and put my first reason to talk about is his friend Manolo, man. Yeah. So we've got uh, we've got Jonathan Moore, who is played by um, Anthony Edwards, and he has this friend from college that, you know, they're going to Europe together, his friend Manolo, man. And that guy, he's a true friend. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a would-be mentor. He's a great supporting character. Right. And another thing about him... Uh, just a year earlier. His name is uh, Jesu Garcia. I think that's the right way to say his first name. Not exactly oh, yeah. sure. But he was in... That's what his mom calls him. He was in Nightmare on M Street. He was the uh, the one that got uh, kind of framed by Freddy 
not fingered by Freddy, but framed by Freddy as far as the one that killed his girlfriend that was on the ceiling. So he's the dark-haired guy that was kind of the rough rebel kind of guy and ends up getting hung to death, you know, by Freddy in the jail cell, and it was like looks like suicide. So he was already in an iconic movie at the time, so it was easily, you know, easy to recognize him in this one when I saw him. It's like, oh, that's dude, man. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see him play a different kind of character because you're used to seeing him, you know, uh, be mean. So, yeah, yeah, and, you know, the character, actor, just whatever. I, I just think that in this film, he's uh, he's the friend you need at the time you need him. So I just have to say that as far as the story goes, he comes up in several key points and he, he makes this movie work. Right, because he's the slick guy that can get the women and stuff because he, he tells the ladies that his, he's Carlos, the terrorist. <laughs> he said, I'm not sure it would play quite so well around now. But yeah, yeah. And it's a little different now, but you know, he said, man, the chick, chicks dig it when they think you're a terrorist. <laughs> yeah, the Swedish eat that stuff up. <laughs> and he dumps some work and goes, hey, what happened to so-and-so? Oh, she wasn't even Swedish, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're always, but, but why are you here? Shh. You must talk no more. <laughs> He's playing it slick, man. <laughs> All right, man. It's kind of like the kind of like the Bill Paxton from uh, from True Lies, there, you know. Right. <laughs> oh, True Lies. All right. Yeah. So my number one reason, because just getting into watching this movie again, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I'm not going to lie, I'm just going to be a pig here, but the blessed blonde <laughs> at the very beginning of it is drinking the Diet Pepsi in the opening uh, I don't even really know what her face looks like but <laughs> I, was, I was just mesmerized I was, well she shows up at the end too yes yeah, she does <laughs> she doesn't have a Diet Pepsi in there one yeah. yeah so uh yeah so at the opening of the movie I'm just standing there going yeah genius so, uh, yeah. You stained me. <laughs> yeah, I did. Tell <laughs> <Hail> me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so he has a run-in with the girl at the uh, at the college campus where he's playing his kill your killer game. He's got a little paint pellet gun, right? And a dossier on on an enemy, and he's tracking down people and showing off all of his his uh, assassin skills on his home turf. And again, this is going to come into play later. Um, but, but yeah, he uh, he runs into a girl and. He, bumps in her he offers to pay for her sweater that he so callously stained and and uh yep she's she turns him down yeah she's got this pretty much see-through high dollar sweater and then this little short skirt yep (laughs) so yeah again just being a pig here because, like I said, I'm sure she has a face. I just don't remember it. Well, you know. You... All right. So my next reason to watch the movie. <laughs> I've, I've got to say, I, I love the music. Oh, man. Yeah, that's definitely Every, high on my list, too, man. I mean, you know, as as, uh, as, our, as our buddy Rob would mention that, you know, any movie that has its own theme based on the title of the movie it's got to be good right i mean so it's got the gotcha theme song yeah and then it also has the like the spy theme music that dun 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 you know kind of it's 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 high energy and and foreboding at the same time well i've got a couple of things that tie into that as well because i said it's a great 80s soundtrack i said a close second to epic montage soundtracks next to rocky four because it's got those kind of songs in it and you got a little bit of uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. You've got some, <laughs> uh, you got some Nick Kershaw in there, man. One of my favorite '80s songs. Wouldn't it be nice to be in your shoes or my shoes or whatever it was? Cool song. I, I, I loved that song. Apparently, I haven't heard it in a while because I thought I had the words and I didn't. But uh, there's a lot of great songs in this. And you just said it while I go. The theme song get stuck in your head and we were talking about before the show started this song is one of those that you just pull out of memory every so and every once in a while and i never sing it right because there's too many words it kind of sounds like this it's got a lot of 
Here's the part I never get this right. I mean, it, it could easily have just dropped into the middle of a savage, a savage Steve Holland movie, or absolutely, or, or you know, once bitten, or you know, any Maxim, of those. You maximum know, just, overdrive. <laughs> yeah. Hell me. They come in on RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> Blasting everybody away. Gotcha. 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 Creep. Creep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, soundtrack. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, my next one, it's pretty simple. Uh, mullet dude with the jean jacket, the one that's chasing him down. So, the, the setup at the beginning of this, and you were talking about a while ago, is a great setup for the opening of the movie where they're playing the game, but you don't know they're playing the game. You just see Anthony Edwards chasing a guy with a gun. So, it's a pretty cool setup. And then you find out it's just a game they're playing. Well,. He spends all this time, and you're seeing how good he is with his skills. With this other guy's attacking him, it's just a dude with this massive mullet, nice jean jacket, and he kind of shows up a little later on in the movie too. But he's one of those guys yeah. that's trying to be like him, but he just doesn't quite have it. He's not quite got the Edwards. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think I was I, I was going to mention that in this this little montage of of, uh, of Jonathan Moore taking out all the enemies in, in the uh, the killer game. It kind of looks until this guy with the jean jacket shows up. It kind of looks like everybody else really isn't playing the game, right? Because you know, he'll he'll be popping up out of a trash can, or or he'll be hiding some arbors, or and then he'll shoot somebody in the big. Oh no! But it never really they're never really running around with another gun or like trying to actively evade him. I think that the idea is that he's so good that nobody even knows he's coming. Right. But it, it kind of by the time you see this guy come in and actually go against him. You kind of get the feeling that maybe he uh, was just shooting people at random. <laughs> like, I'm heading to class and, what, what's this, man? Come on. That'd be the way to do it, man. Just sit there in class and just, you know, three yeah. rolls back, just pop the dude. <laughs> I don't know that the game would work nowadays, though. I mean. Well, they kind of do those things now, but it's more of a, I know that uh, on the campus at UT Martin, they, they play this zombie game where it's, you know, humans versus zombies. And they throw, like, uh bean bags or something to each other, you know, or nerf balls or something like that, and that's how you tag each other. So it's not paintball, but it's still the same idea. But uh, you know, and then, you know, whatever side you get attacked by, then you become one of them. So it's split right. into teams where this was all individual take everybody out kind of thing. So Well yeah, and it's just it's just the, the time. So you can't right. get it away with, with shooting at somebody in the middle of campus because they're just it's too real nowadays. Yeah. Too real. Very true. Very true. So all right man, what you got next? Well my next reason is uh his dad and mom. Every eighties movie that has a college student as a protagonist has this scene where they right. go to talk to their mom. They're sitting at the pool or they're doing, they're, they're lifting weights or, you know, I can think that there's a, there's a really similar movie in soul. There's a really similar scene in soul man, you know, so where, you mean where he the, talks the, to mom the, and dad. The Oscar winning soul man. You're talking about that movie. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, I mean, this is, this is eighties cliche. We've seen it many, many times. Cause it's always the dad saying, well, you need to just stop being a bum and get a job. And then mom's like, Harold, don't be so hard on the boy. You know, it's that kind of thing. So. Right. Even to the point where they have a couple of shticks that happen with his family, you know, where he goes to him and he's like, Oh, I want to go to Europe. And his dad's like, no, you want to learn, you get a job. Right. And he goes, mom, he goes, wait, wait, what's this mom? You always say mom. And then she says, owl, and then it comes out of my pocket. Right. You know? And, and so, yeah, it, it's this whole, you know, dad's trying to get him to stop being a bum and mom's coddling him for the last time. And yep. Um, it's cliched and it's used, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It works perfectly for, for what we're doing here. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's kind of old hat, but you know, you have to have it to set up the story because, uh, you know, movies start off like this back in the eighties, turn off to a cool spy movie, but movies that, you know, that do this in the later years here, you get hostile, <laughs> you know? So, uh, <laughs> right. so, so this, this kind of works a little better. So, all right, cool. So my next reason to watch this movie <laughs> is because of the fact of him talking to his parents and he gets to go to France and the sped up taxi scene, man, it's ridiculous, super ridiculous. 
they super cranked up the film. It's very, very, it's it's too fast, and it's on purpose. I mean, because you're supposed to, it's supposed to be this taxi driver that meets him at the airport. Hey, you don't need to take the bus. You need to ride with me. I'm, listen, uh, the French people sound Italian to me, so that's that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Get into my car. <laughs> that's French, right? <laughs> Good boys, yeah. He, he uh, American boys. He, he gives them. He feeds him a line about how it's it's cheaper and safer. It's cheaper and safer. There you go. And then, and then he, you know, then they crank up the film. I have it here in my notes too. It's it's such a silly scene. Yeah. It's even to the point where when they get out of the, the taxi, <laughs> the yeah. film is it's, still it's, cranked. It's, it's, I thought something was wrong with my copy of the movie. I thought, <laughs> man, they didn't even. Is, is my film just messed up? And no, that's the way it is. He gets uh, out of the car and it's like Benny the- Hill. I mean. <laughs> He slings his backpack on his shoulder, and you know, and, and and he's and he's still cranked, so he's still moving super fast. And and then the guy drives away. Hey, okay, well, thank you for the tip. <laughs> I think I think we just got robbed, you know. And they, yeah, it's it, it's more of the the silly humor that's in it, just that makes it a not just a comedy and not just a spy movie, but it's kind of kind of a little both. Yeah, and tied into that. You get the whole barrage of French jokes. And uh, it started off with the mom. He'll come back from France and he'll talk just like Marcel Marceau. You know, and you're like, oh, boy. And then you get yeah. out of that. You've got uh, where he walks up to the girl and says the, the lyrics to Lady Marmalade. Right, there you go. Yeah. And I told you. Looks it, at him and it all sounds Italian. He repeats so. it. Yeah, he repeats it again, like, like, and one of the things that I've always loved about that scene is that Manolo's over there, and Manolo knows what he's saying, right? And he's just like yeah. nodding, like yeah, so let great. him go. Come on, <laughs> go, buddy. And of course, the the, the the French girl slaps him. He's like, I just asked if she wanted to go to dinner. And he goes, No, man. You asked if she wanted to go to bed tonight. And he's like, I did. He's like, Yeah. And like, like he never once thought, Hey, stop, man. What you just said is not what you think it is. He was just like, Hey, this is a great. Come on, I, I use it next time when I'm not being. Uh, Carlos the terrorist, and let's let's not forget the other French line that gets used many times, where he basically says, "My pencil is big." <laughs> <laughs> My pencil is big and yellow. <laughs> so he took some some years of French, and apparently all he walked away with was uh, yeah. not knowing how to ask somebody to go to dinner, and right also to say that his pencil was big and his pencil was yellow. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of kind of works. And even his buddy says, well, you know, if you say that at the right time, that can work for you. <laughs> All right, what you got? All right, well, my next reason, I'm just going to move right into it, and I'm going to say, Sasha, you know, that... Absolutely. The, uh, next on my list, actually. The other, the girl that he meets, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about it. The movie just just jumps right in. It really does. He's, he's a college student. He's playing this game in college. He's taking the summer break with his friend. He goes to Europe, and there he's... He's kind of a loser in love, and he runs into this girl. Yeah. Uh, you know, Linda Fiorentino plays her, and she looks like the lead singer of Berlin. And mm, interesting. I, I had, she, she has a very Brigitte Nelson look about her, too. Yeah, yeah, she does. I mean, she's got like a real strong jaw. Yeah. She's got real short hair in this, and and um, and she, you know, she's got this very deep. Yeah. She's, you know, and she's got a great like. Kind of Eastern European, it's Russian, true. Slovakian. It, you know. it, to me, it's Brigitte Nielsen. And I don't know if you remember this movie or not, but uh, Innocent Blood, vampire flick. Ah, yeah. The girl that had the short hair with that, that same kind of hairstyle, but kind of had that same it, look. So she, she's uh, like a combination of those two to me. You know, like you said, very European. So so here you have it. You know, my next reason is Sasha Banachek, and it isn't long before you know they flirt for just a minute. And then he heads up to the room with her, and it isn't that long before you see some side boob. Side boob. It's a pretty decent, you know, shot of it too. That's part of the selling point of it. But I mean, I just I love her to death. She's a she's a real cool character, you know. He everything, you know. He's well. I think you're very pretty. She's like, I know. You know, she's just well. When it's all said and done, when you when you get through the whole movie, which you know we'll reveal some other things, but you come away going, you know what? She's a good actress. Oh yeah, I like Linda Fiorentino too. She she doesn't get a well. I mean, she's done some movies, right? You know, I think the first well, thing I, mean. I think of is Dogma. Oh, yeah, overall, that's what I'm saying. You know, you look at other stuff she's done. She's 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 pretty versatile. I agree, and and I think I saw her in this first, and I think I loved her in this first. So next reason I got, 
<laughs> is when they're talking at the at the restaurant and he, she talks about how she likes virgins. He goes, I, I, I'm a I'm a virgin. <laughs> I'm a virgin. <laughs> but you just you just said that you know. At first she's like, How old are you? And he says, Twenty one. Whatever. She says, Oh, it's that's that's bad. I really like young guys, like eighteen. Uh, well, I'm I'm really eighteen. <laughs> And then it gets into the whole situation of, you know, have you ever been with anybody? Uh, well, sure I have, you know. Oh, that's too bad. Cause I, I really he like, like <laughs> He says like 30 or 40 people. He's like, I track after a while, like 30 or 40 people. <laughs> so he's just trying his best to, to wow her, you know, and she's using the right opposite psychology on him. So, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a virgin. Just like uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm announcing this right now, Danny. I'm a virgin. Oh, well, you know, I, I kind of knew. I mean, we were crying about it the other night, and <laughs> it's okay. We all are. So, I mean, that's a short little thing, but my next real reason is when they get to Berlin and you got the dancing bear in the bar and, <laughs> and everything that's just happening there. It's like, I don't know, we, we, we just turned the channel and went over to a Fellini movie or something. It's just it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the mid-'80s uh, mystique of the Iron Curtain. There's a scene in, in a, a Paris that's that's pretty French-looking. He goes to a French restaurant, and he, he has it out with a rude French waiter. And, and they end up going to Germany. And in Germany, everything's just a little darker but livelier. I, I don't know. It's Yeah. Yeah, they, they go It's very exotic. A, yeah. And, of course, they're drinking, you know, looks like pint size or two pint size beers with you know great big mugs and they're doing the the you know the german drinking songs and you got this bear with a top hat and a and, a, <laughs> and he's just dancing around in front of everybody it's like wow what is happening here <laughs> i agree i mean and again here we go moving along i, I will say that that uh this is a part you're watching this movie you might not be engaged there's a whole montage there of them falling in love in France to some song. It's like uh, "Never Too Late for Love." Right. You you can skip it. It's like they're they're taking a picnic and they get some milkshakes. And- I don't know. Well, well, that's the thing about because she's <laughs> she's teaching him how to drink. You know, this this is French. You know, this is what you do in France. You you know, you drink the wine and you you let it breathe and all that stuff. And he goes, "This is a root beer float." <laughs> Yeah, you slurp it. That's American. It's it's silly, but I mean, it goes on. I mean, yeah, it's too it's too long. It, it, it you don't have to long. hang around for it. You yeah. can go fold the laundry and you know hang out in the other room. Come back later, <laughs> right? But I mean, oh. it, it still adds to just the growth of these two getting closer together because you, that's sure. what you got invested into, and, and that's what makes the story move along. Just like you said, and you know, you have to have that connection between them. And every time, you know, he might have a chance to kind of regroup and regather his wits. They're having sex again. And right. I think that that's kind of part of it is, is like, oh, she's got to keep him off balance because he's the best cover she's got. You right. Know? Yep. She's moving alone. So having another person with her makes her all the more invisible. Right. And not to reveal too much, but she's using him. You know, sure. So, so she's she, a spy. She's a spy. So that's that's kind of the whole you know part of this that we're trying to avoid trying to spell, spoil it too much for you. But some nah, things nah, we just nah. have to say, you know. But uh, coming out of that, and uh, it gets to the point to where they're trying to move on, and, and you know they go to West Berlin, don't they? Well, they they stay in West Berlin, and then then they go, her business takes her to East to Berlin. East Berlin, yeah, so. right? And so they cross. For all of you out there who might be too young to know, um, there was a there was a point. <laughs> There's a point where Germany was split into East and West Germany right. after you know the the, the uh, accords that were struck after World War II, I think, and right. it's a, kind of the communist Germany yeah. and the just just for the record, we're not historians, so I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we get the gist of it, but but you know, in in, in Berlin, the city was split in half, so right. you know, half of this movie takes place, you know, into the DDR, which is the Deutsche Democratic Republic, which is the yeah. communist side of Berlin. And they go over there, and then you know things get kind of, kind of a little darker. Yeah. So, and that's what's great about it, because in history, if you look back, and then you know they they totally separated the town. Families were split up because of building this wall. You were either on this side or that side. Couldn't see each other. And then one day, Pink Floyd stand up and said, "Tear down the wall." And uh, that's in the history books, folks. You can look at that. So they tore down the wall, mm-hmm. and and uh, then the, the children could play. And they, they said, you know, you you can't eat your pudding if you don't eat your meat. Yeah, you gotta you you, you gotta do that first. So lesson learned, folks. History on the Helming Show, or or as they say it in German, their Kartoffelsalat is schlecht. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
All right, it's me again, and I'm going to say Rip Straight Out of the Twilight Zone video by Golden Earring. There's the, oh. I'm here to buy some, I'm here to buy some, nice some film from this, this kiosk. And uh, she says, but my money is torn. She sticks that dollar bill and the person has the other half of the dollar bill. And they're like, all right, here you go. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's a cool song. That's a great song. Cool video. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's got the whole spy, like, you know, they, they have the, the money that's, that's slashed into yeah. these little, you know, saw teeth. When they put it together, they have the, the bill, and so he knows right. it's his connection. All right, folks, stop what you're doing right now. Stop listening to the show. Go to YouTube and pull up the yep. gold, Golden Earring uh, Twilight Zone. Hey, Help, I'm slipping into a Twilight Zone. Yeah. You got you got to check that out. It's awesome. It's got a it's got a really weird like dance number in the middle, but that's okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. Cocaine make you do things like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not that I know. All right, next thing I got is when he's going to get his visa, the whole visa booth shenanigans, man. <laughs> he goes to the lady at the first window. She's saying, like, "Well, well, you have to go to the window number two to pick that up before you can do this part." And goes back to the next window, and it's the same lady. She goes, "Yes, can I help you?" And he's like. Weren't you just down at that window? I don't know what you're talking about. What are you here for? So it's like yeah. it's almost like an Abbott and Costello kind of you know humor going on here, and it's like what a weirdly placed. It is. It's another <laughs> little like I don't know if it was intended to show that in the middle of the night they were short staffed at the border, or or if it was just a little gimmicky joke like him calling home and the uh, <laughs> the, and the housekeeper. The housekeeper. No, he not home. It is me calling. Oh, you sound so far away. (laughs) There are these little nuggets of uh, comedy in there. And yeah, like you said. 80s comedy, (coughs) because I don't know if you would really classify a lot of them as comedy now, because you just kind of (sighs) go, Yeah, (laughs) it's a little joke. Yeah. It isn't really comedy. But I still say check out the Visa Booth part just because it's just ridiculous. And, you know, you've seen it before somewhere. You just don't know where. So you'll just give it credit to this one. Yeah. So just to, to get you up, just to get he you and up. Sasha go to, to, the, to Berlin. You know, she picks up some secret microfilm. She knows she's being tailed. She, you know, tries to, to shake the guy and, and her bosses tell him, use the kid to get, a, to get the information across. And so she stashes it on him. Then. Gives him the code word, meet me at the Cafe Friedrichstrasse. Nice. And uh, it means meet me at the Cafe Frederick Street. But right. yeah, the um, so he heads out. And earlier, she's given him this strudel, right? <laughs> that's know. what I was going to get to is the strudel. <laughs> right, right. I'll let yeah. you do it then. Hey, but no, yeah, so I mean, that's fine. It's like, hey, she gave me the strudel. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he thinks that's what, what the uh, transfer is, is in this uh, in this. Yeah, pastry. Well, he's starting to get um, a little. He's starting to get a little weary too. Is like she's giving the strudel. It's like, so what's in the strudel? Because he's thinking it's going to be some kind of, you know, he he knows she's up to something. And she goes berries, apples, apples, nuts, nuts. <laughs> strudel. This is strudel. <laughs> you like strudel, kids? <laughs> they love them. It didn't sound all that positive, really. Okay, well, let's try it again, kids. You you like strudel? <laughs> okay, that's more like. I think they were asleep before or something. Can't have that. So we've got we've got the help. I'm slipping in the twilight zone. He's been into you know communist Berlin. He's come out with secret plans that he didn't even know he was carrying. He's secret doing strudel. it with a spy. Yeah, he's doing strudel. it with a spy. I mean, yeah. And then he gets a chance to break bad because you know he uh, she's ditched him with the stuff to for his protection and she's trying to get out of some stuff and she sends somebody to meet him. That person gets killed in cold blood. That's right. He, and he was just trying to give her the strudel. He was. He was like, here's the strudel. She's like, well, what's, what's this? And then, of course, you know, there's that you know, yeah. noise that they make in all the 80s movies. Yep. So and now she falls into his arms. So now he's on the run because he saw the people that took the shot at him, at her, and, and killed her. And he's got the blood on his hands. So he's on the run. 
And, which leads to you talking about Twilight Zone. One of my favorite people in the whole movie, because it just comes out of nowhere. He's walking down one of the streets, and there's like this strip club or whatever, you know, nudie house or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. this guy comes out. I, I got scary strip club promoter guy. It looks like yeah. if Sam Kennison and John Lithgow had a baby. That's what this guy looks like. And he's wearing that plaid jacket. Oh, he's great. Yeah, you know, Vlad the henchman is uh, is is chasing after him. He gets back into Germany. And yeah, that guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he tells him, you know, live girls, beautiful girls, videos and movies, and, and you, know, he's like, you speak you speak English, American boy. And then like and he's like, get off of me. And guy's like, homo. It's the eighties. Yeah. It's uh. Well, I mean, it, he's just he's aggressive, man. Right. My next reason is is uh Anthony Edwards flipping the bird at East Berlin. <laughs> He, That's he, classic. He puts the bird in Berlin, and the and the guard on the on the other side. You know the he said, "Am I out of the East Berlin?" He says, "Yeah." He goes, a few, <laughs> and he gives him bird, and the guy goes. I've been wanting to do that, do that for the last six months. <laughs> All right. So it's a good top five line, matter of fact. But uh, there's, a, it, there's a lot of bird flipping in this movie. <laughs> the yeah, girl, there's a the little girl bit. at the beginning. And when, when you see the caption, when you show show the name of the movie, it's, it's the girl that I talked about earlier that I was you know kind of going crazy about. But she's wow. flipping a bird, and it says, got you beside it. <laughs> it's an iconic scene, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, man. So that scene of him getting out of there and, and reacting is is great for sure. My next reason, and we talked about this earlier, is the rock band, the punk band that that picks him up and you know going to give him a, a, a trip out of town. Oh yes, man. so much yes. <laughs> I mean, you're talking. This is '85, so these guys are your kind of punk rocker looking guys. I mean, not full fledged glam. Yeah, they're kind of glammy but punk at the same time. So they got makeup on their face and their hair's all teased up, and they got this van that's been, you know, which, you know, you could say it's ugly, but you kind of have to say, you know what, some of that artwork on there is pretty decent for spray cans. No, I mean it's that it's that cool punk graffiti, you know. Yeah. And they have like lightning bolts along their jawline and and big dangling earrings. Yeah, and you know they, they pick up uh, uh, Jonathan because he's 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 just run away from Russians and yeah you know, he's like I've got Russians trying to shoot me and I need to get to Hamburg. Can you guys help me? And they're like, Yeah, yeah. far out. Yeah, no problem. We've got a gig. <laughs> That one guy, he's got his guitar. We got a gig. <laughs> he says, you guys speak English? He goes, you, you bit your ass, man. <laughs> and, they, and we have to bring this up because we're talking about it. But they pretty much sing most of the lines from We Love L.A. in this movie. Randy Newman. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because he says, yeah, well, I'm from L.A., Los Angeles. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love L.A. We love it. And they start singing the song. And, uh, of course, he asked if he ever sees Joan Collins and all these 80s kind of icons. And, no, no, never. Never met her. JR's one bad dude. <laughs> yeah, we watch Dallas all the time. <laughs> you know Bo Derek? <laughs> so all that stuff, I think, is great. That whole trip. So, like you said, you kind of got that little, little lull in there that happens. And this kind of yeah. picks it back up is when he, when he gets with the band because, you know, these people are entertaining. And, uh... So they get to the checkpoint, and it's like, oh, how am I going to get through this? Because, you know, they're looking for me. And it's like, oh, we'll, we'll take care of it. So they get it there, and they do the thing where that shows their their passport. And it's got, like, their regular picture. And then they, you know, show their face with all the makeup and stuff. And lo and behold, they took Anthony Edwards back there and kind of gave him a, a makeover as well. And uh, Yeah, yeah. So there's, it, there's a long sequence where, you know, he, he shows his passport, and the guy beckons him around the corner, and then he sticks his face out, and you get to yeah. see the, the teased-up hair and, yeah. the, and the makeup. Yeah, It's a big build It's a fun little it. thing. It really that. is. It's good. It's good. So, But, uh, yeah, the whole rock band thing, I think, is a, a definite reason to check this out for sure. Rock band! <laughs> yeah. All right, what you got? My next reason is uh, is his parents again. Yeah, he gets he gets back to his parents when he gets back stateside, <laughs> and he's like, "I need to talk to you guys," you know. And he's trying to tell them everything tell- that happens, and they're like, "You're on drugs or something," because right, you know, yeah, yeah. Which I'm not going to get whole story. I'm not going to get too much into it because it's in my top five lines. But that scene right, is right. great. It, so well, yeah. And he's like, "Okay, well, you know, I just need to tell you, I went through all this, and <laughs> there was this girl. And you're like, you're on drugs, okay." <laughs> You know, we can get you into rehabilitation, and again, they, they prove just how 
out of it they are. There was this girl I was staying with, and she gave me the strudel. And then these people are chasing me, and the Russians shoot this girl because he's got the strudel. And it's like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> I shot her over the strudel? Well, it wasn't about the strudel. I thought it was about the strudel. It turns out it was about this. Yeah, it's, What's it's, that? It's a good, you know, crazy parents being, you know, totally yeah, out of the loop yeah. of things, so... Yeah, that's a good scene. I, I just threw this out there because when, when he gets back to his place and it's he is real, real paranoid. And then the football comes through the window and he freaks out and falls to the ground. And he goes and yeah. picks the football up, goes to throw it to those guys. Did you look at those guys? They are the most non-football no. looking guys I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, will you throw us back the football? Yeah. They, uh, yeah, I mean, they're like... Hey man, could you throw us the football? We'll, we'll we'll pay for the window. So yeah, I mean, just I mean, they're the most like I said, they they don't look like football guys at all, which may be why they threw it through the window. Right. Well, and of course, it's a big you know, it's a big jump scare. He, yeah. He's home. He realizes that he's being pursued. He realizes that somebody's just you know following him. I think they may have trashed his apartment for the first time. And right. He dumps out his backpack. That's when he finds the microfilm, right. and then the football goes through the window. You know, right. shatters it. He jumps to the floor, covers his head. Yep. And it's just it's just the guys next door. And from this scene on, he's trying to you know get this information to the right people. So there's all this paranoia going on of still being chased and trying to get it to the right people, and he don't trust the people he's talking to. And kind of the big reveal, man. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to say it, but uh, when it comes down to it, he goes to the CIA goes in the front door and he's sitting there and he's waiting to talk to this guy that he's talked to on the phone and who does he see? Sasha. Sasha's walking around there so he kind of hides back and she's walking with another officer that works there and they're going up an escalator and talking to each other it's like they're going out to lunch or something so he's all so he starts following them so he's got it in his mind now he's done figured out what's going on she's you know she was a spy the whole time but she works for America so he was being played this whole time and now they know that you know he was supposed to get the information back to America and get it to the CIA, which is uh, the whole plot of what's going on. Well, he decides to flip the, the game on her. So he finds out that she's CIA, and he confronts her later on with all this information. Her name, her real name was Cheryl Brewster. Uh, Cheryl Brewster, <laughs> right? Punky's little sister, right? From uh, from Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh, yeah. So she's Punky Punky Brewster's little sister, Cheryl. It's your sister, Cheryl. It's your sister, Cheryl. <laughs> I, so yeah, and I love this part. I've always loved this this ending uh, of the the movie because you know it picks he, back. He's up. played this whole time. He's played this whole time, and then he says, "You know what? I'm done being played. I'm on my own turf. <laughs> I've got my own friend." Uh, Manolo comes back and he says, "Hey, are you still a homeboy for life, man?" And he gets this uh, this gang. Yeah. There to help him out, and from this gang, who, who uh, you know, he, he does like a like scavenger hunt. He sends them to all these places to the next place so that he can get her alone. Right. And uh, my next reason to watch the movie is when the when the the homeboys finally ambush the CIA operatives. There's this one dude with a sawed-off shotgun, <laughs> like who's hanging out the window of the car he's in. I mean, they're they're surrounded by all these guys with guns, you know. Right. And. And this one dude, he's looking like he just wants to eat their breakfast, man. He's, <laughs> you know, he, he looks like he's trying to become one of uh, Robin Hood's merry men in Time Bandits. <laughs> Whatever we can, <laughs> you know, he's just uh, yeah. terrible. And I, I love that guy. He's a reason yeah. to watch the movie for sure. Yep, absolutely. So this whole this whole part of the movie is is, you know, they're wrapping it up. It's, it's it goes together really nice. So you kind of get through those laws and get to this part. It's very entertaining from from this part on when they're doing the you know running them around and getting with her, finding out the truth of everything. And then you get to the big standoff. Yeah. Right? So he was being chased. The, 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 the Russian spies came over. They are trying to capture him. And uh, it all comes down to right there on the campus where he's talking to her. Out of nowhere comes a shot. And here's the guys that's been chasing him the whole time. And who saves the day? So they got, they got Anthony Edwards standing there with his hands up. He's got a, he's got a, his hands on a tranquilizer gun, so that plays in the movie early on. There's some foreshadowing going on there where they're he's showing. A, the, he's the, learned to be a veterinarian, and, and they have a tiger, and the and the uh, the professor you know has this tranquilizer gun, talks about it for a yeah. minute, and then and then shoots Mar- the tiger. Yeah, right. So there you know there's all that, and he goes to that classroom, breaks out, and gets the tranquilizer gun, and uh, starts using it on some of these guys that are you know that's just protection. Yeah. He uses all of his his gotcha game, you know, 
ambushing people yeah. and and jumping around and using the the hallways and and he he, uh, he whittles down these these Russian operatives one by one using his uh his using this tranquilizer dart gun and I've got to say that another reason to watch this movie is 80s tranquilizer darts man I mean <laughs> the best man instant. You got it. It's just like in Commando. You get shot with a tranquilizer dart. Ugh. Instant. You're gone, man. That's right. <laughs> That's it. It hits the bloodstream. It, no, oh, like, I've got this in my. Maybe I can run around and do something. No, you're, you're out, man. It's a tranquilizer. It sets right. you. It, it puts you down. Everything was stronger in the '80s, man. So that's just the way we rolled. Well, they had to knock out all those cokeheads with the, yeah. the tranquilizer gun. <laughs> they they amped it up for those guys. So <laughs> that's, that's right. You got to ratchet up the uh, the dosage. So you got Anthony Edwards standing there, and, and his, his tranquilizer gun's now on the ground. And they're holding him at gunpoint. And who saves the day, man? I brought him up earlier, like one of the first reasons to watch it. Mullet dude comes back in with his jean jacket, and he sees Anthony yeah. Edwards standing over there, and he's like, "Oh, there he is!" So he pulls he's out like, his. Pulls I've been out waiting his, all summer while he <laughs> I mean, was. Here. I've been hiding. I've been sitting by this tree this whole time, looking for you. He pulls out the paint gun, pops Anthony Edwards, and of course he falls on the ground like he's been shot. Can grab the the the, the tranquilizer gun and makes one last effort to knock out the, the main bad guy. And it all works out great. And then he looks over at Mullet Dude and says, Thanks, man. Dude goes, Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> what I want you to yeah. gotcha. There you go. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Yeah, man. Love it. So there you go. And then... Out of that, who else comes back? The blonde. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's that goofy little scene at the end where she says, "Hey, loser, you're still a loser." And she walks away from him, and he takes out the dart gun, which I guess he didn't turn back yeah. into. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about it's like, wait a minute, he don't have the paint gun. He still got the trank gun, man. <laughs> And, you and know, she's, he's, he's she's got walking. these darts that are, that are yeah. dosed up for a tiger. <laughs> he's he's he going to just shoot random 80-pound females. Uh, and so you get the cutaway of her walking away, and you get a nice shot of the skirt. <laughs> and he pops shoot her. her in the butt. Yep, right yep. on the cheek. And then you get... <laughs> <laughs> So the thing is, though, is I mean, as soon as it hits her, it freeze frames, so you don't see if she just falls out right there on the sidewalk, which would have been awesome. That would have been so awesome if they'd thrown that in there. (laughs) Just watch her take a face dive right on the concrete. Oh, yeah. Then the next scene is him being put in handcuffs. Uh, And the song still plays. (laughs) Oh, come on, guys! I was just playing. She knocked out five teeth. <laughs> so um, I, I got a, and I also have to say, you know, he he's talking to Sasha or or uh, or Cheryl, and you know he's he's saying, I really thought you liked me. I, I I thought that we had something, and and then you know, as kind of a kind of a bridge to love. There, she she turns to him, she says, I know, in the in the accent that she's given up. You know, right. I always kind of like that. You know, it kind of gave some hope for their. Their relationship that's based entirely on yeah, I, I lies and international espionage. Yeah, I was about to say there's there's a yeah there's no hope. I mean, come on, man. She's a she's a spy that travels internationally. I don't see this relationship working. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I don't know, man. You know, it's worked so far that whenever he had any doubts, she just had sex with him. So it's well, very possible that she. It matters what you consider hey, work, working out. I guess. <laughs> I'm Anthony Edwards, and I approve this message. <laughs> Uh, but hey, you know he lied to her a bunch too at the beginning, so maybe it's all washed out. So, uh, washed out. Speaking of washing out your system, remember that we have uh, some sponsors, and one of which is General Terrence Jones Porta Potties. For those who have a strong sense of duty, smell the difference. <laughs> smell the difference. Hail me. Cindy's sensational smells. Mm. They're no longer a sponsor of ours. I think they might have lost business because yeah. of this, but maybe so. Yeah. So <laughs> sponsors, you may want to, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way we say it. I don't know. Hey, man, we got a time chicken out of the deal. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm all that worried about it. I'm anymore. with you. All right, cool. Let's go into top five lines. Top five lines. Top five lines. Yay! 
All right. First line I got is uh, when he's talking to the, one of the other blondes that's in the movie, and he's like, hey, you, you doing anything tonight? And she goes, no. You, you want to go out with me? She goes, no. Well, you just said you're not doing anything. She said, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he goes, so you would rather stay home and do nothing than go out with me? And she goes, yeah. That was that whole dialogue. It's Yeah, and it's it's laid out about that brutally. Yeah. My first line is from uh, Manolo, who's, who tells him, you know, they're 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 jogging on the track, and he says, uh, you know, he says, you got to tell him that you would die or kill to to make to spend the night with them, and he's like, really, and he says, don't say it like it's dirty, say it like it's from the heart. Then it ain't dirty; it's passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got it going on. He's slick, man. He's slick, man, and, and you know. Then he put on that that glove with the blades, and he was like, "Tell him this, bitch." <laughs> I heard you're looking for a terrorist. <laughs> terrorist. <laughs> All right, my next one is uh, we were talking about earlier about when he comes back home and he's telling his parents everything, and when right when they say you're on drugs, he goes, "You're right, I'm on drugs. I'm a junkie. I mainline. I free base. I put cocaine on my cornflakes." As a matter of fact, I gotta go meet my connection right now. <laughs> I gotta go meet my connection right now. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing some cocaine right now. <laughs> All right. All right. So from the scene you mentioned before where the guys throw the football through the window. Yeah. Here's one of my top five lines right here. He looks through the window and these guys are standing there. His his window's shattered into pieces you know there's a football on the floor and the guy says hey send the bill to the betas okay can we have the football <laughs> like they're so annoyed and they just completely destroyed his window yeah <laughs> yeah those guys man they suck <laughs> yeah i don't know what else to say that's they just suck so okay they're and like then, east, they're like east berlin pretty much F you. <laughs> uh, and the last one i got is when he's at the when he's at the visa station, man. I still I still have to keep bringing that up, but uh, he's talking to that lady behind <laughs> the window. She pushes him down to the third window and she says, "Is that a strudel in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me?" <laughs> oh, hell me! Oh, <laughs> uh, well, of course I, I I think I threw all the in there the uh, all the punkers with the do you know Bo Derek and oh yeah. Great stuff. And we love it. We love it. We love it. <laughs> Those are all in there. But uh, Fifth my Street, favorite line. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Vlad, the, the Russian, uh, says to Sasha, yeah, so you don't have the, the film on you. Do you have any Funyuns? <laughs> Hell, man. Film, Funyuns. It all pays the same. <laughs> all right. That's it for Top Five Lines. Top Five Lines. Yay! <laughs> yeah, strudel in your pocket. Strudel in your pocket. Yeah, it's like the a new, prison the in new, your basement. Hey, there we go. There's our new sponsor, uh, Pocket Strudel. <laughs> <laughs> strudel in my pocket. It's like monster in my pocket. Strudel in my pocket. Strudel in my pocket. Strudel. Is it a nightmare? Strudel is in it my pocket. <laughs> Too late to eat that now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Rating time, right. time. Takes us into rating time. What do you give it, man? I'm going to have to say that uh, Gotcha for me gets 10 homeboys. Because once you're in, yeah. you're in for life. Awesome. I give it 78 very sheen see through sweaters. <laughs> sweaters! Sweaters! Gotcha! Yeah. Got you with the sweater. Yeah. yeah, I'd say so. So yeah. So I, I, I got to say this. It wasn't my reasons, but we, we somehow, I somehow I missed it. I say in my reasons, East German subway doors <laughs> ain't no joke. Right. There's a scene in the in the East German subway, and and he walks out of the thing, looks back at her, she's still in the car, and the doors are like, just <laughs> boom. Right. <laughs> like, like they chop off a finger, man. Absolutely. All right, and as always, Brian Blessed, what do you think of Gotcha? Let the combat begin to the death. All right, I think he's, he's gotcha. He's wanting to jump in there. Brian Blessed, what do you think of this movie? Gotcha. 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 G
<laughs> Folks, we'll be right back. So you're the villain. Does this sound familiar? You've got the good guy right where you want him. You have your henchmen all lined up with their sights dead on. And then this happens. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, will you punk? I'll be back. Your disease. And I'm the cure. You were all shooting. What did everybody miss? Looks like you're using the wrong gun. What if I told you this one is a winner? First time. Every time. No matter who. Tranquilizer darts from the 80s. 80s Corp International, maker of the flux capacitor and bulletproof chainmail vests, has done it again. Best thing? When they're all good and tranked, just shoot them. 80s Corp International does not assume responsibility for supernatural revenge plots, law enforcement after felonious crimes, or any repercussions of murder following the use of trank dart guns. Patent pending. Find them at Dillard's, Woolworth's, and wherever fine goods are sold. And now, did you know, with the 41st President of the United States of America, George H.W. Bush. Hello, my fellow Americans. This is President George H.W. Bush on the Hell Ming Power Hour, and this is Did You Know? Did you know, in the scene in the veterinary class, one of the student extras is wearing a red sweatshirt with the letters A-B on it in white. This shirt is borrowed from Revenge of the Dirds, starring Anthony Edwards, and directed by Jeff Canoe, who directed Edwards in this movie, Gotcha. This shirt was worn by the Alpha Betas, the enemy fraternity in the nerds' movies. Did you know, this is the first ever film production to feature the game Paintball. Did you know, I do not advise shooting paintball guns on campus today. It'd be bad. Bad. It would not be prudent at this juncture. Did you know the movie makes two overt spoken references to the James Bond film series? The first is when Manolo says to Jonathan... You're a regular James Bond man. Whilst the second is when Jonathan says, The name's Moore. Jonathan Moore. Well, did you know, in this movie, Gotcha, which features paintball, it was released the same 1985 year as the Bond movie A View to a Kill. The next James Bond film after Gotcha, The Living Daylights in 1987, featured paintball during a mock military training exercise during the opening sequence. Did you know, Barr and I, well, we used to play Gotcha when we'd head up to Kenny Bunkport for a weekend getaway. Did you know, a line of toys based on the movie Gotcha was once released. The toys in 1985, the video game in 1987. Did you know when the punks, including Jonathan in disguise, show their passports to the DDR officer, you can glance at their photos for an instant. Watching the movie now on DVD, 
the stale reveals the actors' real names and dates and places of their births. Obviously, the actors playing the punks had been told to bring their own passports and show them into the camera. You've been listening to Did You Know? with the 41st President of the United States, George H.W. Bush. Read my lips. Tell your friends about the Hell Ming Power Hour. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, This is just kind of a mid-grade 80s movie that we both really, really enjoy. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that remember this movie. We hope that this makes you want to go check it out again. Or, if you've already have it and you just haven't checked it out in a while, like Danny and I both do, it's nice to pull it back off the shelf, dust it off, and check it out again and go, yeah, you know what, this is is a pretty fun little 80s movie. Yeah, and, you know... It's important to uh, to realize that if you're watching a movie with uh, see-through sweaters and uh, Czechoslovakian spies and and tranquilizer guns from the '80s, you know, you, you just just dial it up, man. It's it's a whole lot of fun, and it, it's everything that was good about this era of of adventure flicks from the '80s. Right. It, it does a lot of it, it it spans a lot of genres, and and it's done really well I've, yep. I've always enjoyed it yep it's a fun flick like i said it does have a little lull there kind of the middle for a little bit but you know just keep plowing through it man it pays off it's a, it's a fun flick hope we didn't ruin it too much for you but you know some things you kind of have to bring up so you can actually talk about it so uh yeah yeah so yeah man just uh if you have any ideas of stuff you want us to cover make sure that you hit us up on the facebook page or, or on a gmail account hell ming power hour at gmail be uh just sending those to us. Uh, of course, you know, on the Facebook page, there's a lot of activity going on. If you're not on the Facebook pages, go and check them out, man. we got two pages. Yeah, sign yourself up. Join the club. Become a minion if you haven't yet. And uh, we have a good time, man. A lot of interaction. It's just kind of anything goes over there as long as it's fun and nostalgic. That's what it's all about is just having a good time. Don't forget we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and all that good stuff, too. You can find us just about everywhere. I'm, I'm starting to see a group of folks that are actually checking us out on Google Play quite a bit as well. So that's kind of cool to know that we're out there on all these other venues and people are checking us out, man. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm always glad to hear that people are buying what we're selling. Right. So if you love the show, hate the show, just let us know. Let us. Hey, that rhymed. It's almost like we wrote a song there. Cookie pants didn't get a hold of that. But uh, yeah, folks, just let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. And uh, we'll try to ignore them like we always do. That's pretty much it. All right, folks, that's it for us. We will see you next time. I'm Rick. And I'm Danny. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Traveling abroad can be an exciting experience. Understanding foreign cultures firsthand and making friends to last a lifetime. Have fun on your trip, but always remember your friends at home. Homeboys, if you will. Because when communism rears its ugly head, and your new girlfriend isn't what she's cracked up to be, you're going to have to kick some butt. And they will help you every time. Because once you're in, you're in for life. Well, that's it, everybody. Always remember, actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night, everybody. Members of the audience will receive the following. Classic Curves by Biddos, the pants for feel-good company. A gift certificate from Maru-Chan Ramen Noodles. Rice-A-Roni. All guests receive a copy of the Hell Ming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Hell Bing is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hell Bing is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.
going to empty your memory. Stop the torture.